Hi guys, welcome to Surviving the Narcissist, and um, today I'm going to be basically talking about like different things relating to leaving the narcissist, or basically leaving the abusive person in your life, and um, yeah, obviously um, the best way people usually say to go about leaving an abuser is going no contact. Now, all over the narcissistic abuse community, it's basically called going no contact because it's basically like, you know, blocking them on social media, blocking their number not seeing them in person, not even like, no, just basically nothing to do with them. And obviously this is like the recommended way to go about, I guess you can call it a breakup, but it, it could be with any, like any, any narcissist or abuser, like family member, whatever. So I guess not a breakup, but basically people recommend to do that because usually tricky, manipulative, abusive people, once you, they notice that you're distancing yourself or, you know, you want to leave them, Sometimes they will be fake loving, fake nice to keep you basically like hooked on the relationship. Or when you finally leave, if they, if you're not, if, they, if you don't have them blocked and if they still have access to like your number or your social media, they can try doing this thing called hoovering. Now, basically hoovering is another term in like the narcissistic abuse community. It basically means they're going to try to suck you back into the relationship. They may do this whole thing where they do this huge apology, like flowers, you know, everything's perfect. And they'll do anything basically to trick you into going back in. And obviously this is not going to last. This is just like basically they're putting on a show to get you back into the relationship. But once you're back in, of course, the abuse starts again. But um, it's called hoovering, I think actually because um, kind of like a hoover vacuum, like they're kind of sucking you back into the relationship. And I think that's why it's called hoovering. But um, yeah, so... I think most people definitely recommend, including myself, going no contact. Now, it's extremely hard leaving an abusive relationship because obviously you're very addicted to whatever they're providing you. Like if, if they hooked you with attention, praise, gifts, you might be still hanging on at, um, for those things. And obviously, like you think about the good times, you romanticize the good times. Now, I'm calling them the good times, but they're really not because oftentimes in like a toxic relationship, the abuser will be doing all these fake things to basically keep you there. And this is just so that you don't leave when they become abusive. So it's not really good times. When I actually left my abusive relationship, I like to tell myself, I'm not really tell myself, but like, I would like to view it as kind of like an illusion, like the illusion of a good relationship. Like whenever I would romanticize the good times, because when you finally go no contact, the first couple of weeks after you leave the abuser, you're going to feel horrible. It's going to feel like a heroin withdrawal because you're pretty much addicted to this person because they, be, they basically consumed your whole life because, you know, maybe at first they gave you constant attention. You constantly spent all your time together. It's going to be extremely hard getting accustomed to life without them because they're your everything at that point. You worked so hard to please them and get their approval and you worked so hard to like, basically maintain the relationship and keep things together that when you leave your every thought in your brain is going to be about the abuser and you're going to be thinking all these things and you're you're gonna be questioning yourself and they may have even like planted like thoughts into your head that shouldn't be there about like the relationship like they may have brainwashed you and you may think like you can't live without them or that they you know they might have told you like that you're their soulmate and then you feel like you're grieving even though you know that the relationship is abusive, it's just so hard to leave because they made you feel so high at one point 
and those re- the relationship had its highs, like, you know, the cycle of abuse, it's high and it's low and everything. And um, so you're going to be thinking about all the highs and you're going to be thinking, how am I going to live without this person? So for the first couple of weeks, you're going to feel this thing called cognitive dissonance. That basically means your brain is thinking about the good times and the bad times. And your brain can't decipher what's real and what's fake because it's really confusing when somebody's really good to you sometimes and terrible to you at other times and you wouldn't even know what to think of it. And before you know about abusers and you know that abusers do that on purpose, your brain's going to have no idea what to think. And obviously nobody would stay with, with an abuser if the times were always bad, but unfortunately they, they know how to trick people and that, and they'll basically love bomb you and then devalue you. So they're going to be using all these tricks to basically keep you hooked. So when you first leave, you're going to feel a lot of that. They're not going to want to let that go. They're, they don't want to let go what you have to offer them because obviously in their sick, twisted, selfish mind, they want to use you for what they can. So they're, they don't, they're going to hoover you, not because they care about you and they really like the relationship, regardless of what they say, because they may try to, you know, romance you into like going back into the relationship. Like they're just going to do whatever they can to get their supply back. There's another word, supply, basically meaning like they kind of see people as like objects they can use for whatever they want. You know, if it's a narcissist, maybe the narcissist wants positive attention, negative attention, any kind of attention, right? A sociopath might want somebody for power, status, money, sex, you know, all these extremely materialistic things. And it's not about you. And it doesn't mean that you're there's anything wrong with you. Sometimes they honestly usually seek out very empathetic people. They attract empaths because they know that we're very emotional people and that we will feel sympathetic if we don't, you know, know the whole story about somebody. Like if we know that somebody like, like if we perceive that this person is struggling or they're really sorry, even though they're lying, like we're going to feel bad because we're normal humans with normal human emotions, you know? So they usually prey on empaths. But the best thing to do is block all forms of communication and just completely focus on recovery I recommend for the first couple weeks of no contact, I recommend focusing a lot on getting, you know, nine to 10 hours of sleep, get plenty of sleep, like eating three meals a day, you know, focusing on basic self-care, focus on just taking care of yourself because the focus was always on the abuser and your mind is going to keep racing and going back to the abuser. No, but you want to focus on yourself and you want to invest all that love that you put into them. You want to invest it in yourself, into your recovery. So basically just I think the, the best thing to do at first is basic self-care. What really helped me personally was like essential oil because um, I would kind of just use it and like I would smell it like because when I first left the abusive relationship, I was having like a lot of flashbacks. So it's kind of grounding. Like if you have something to like smell like a good scent. So if you start thinking about them, maybe just smell it, you know, maybe relax your system because the whole point of the first couple weeks is just like relaxing your nervous system, take care of sleeping eating, like maybe some light exercise, like don't go too hard on yourself. And what really helped me with the cognitive dissonance, basically, you know, when it's like your opinion of the person, the abuser is like oscillating from like a good person to bad person, like you have no idea what happened. So whenever I would start romanticizing the relationship or I would start getting like, I'd want to go back and I know it's not good for me. You don't want to go back to this abuser because that will just lead to more pain. I would read 
about narcissists, toxic people, and sociopaths. I would just pull out a self-help book and I would start reading about these abusers. Now, a couple of good books. Um, there's this really good book called Why Does He Do That? And it's basically this book about like abusive men mostly, but like it's very helpful because it kind of shows like the truth behind it all. And actually my, my personal favorite book, like completely from every book I've read, it's called Psychopath Free by Jackson McKenzie. That's my favorite book about like toxic people. It's obviously more geared towards narcissists, sociopaths, you know, you know, people like that. So, but that really, really helped me because whenever I would have these conflicting thoughts and I would want to go back to the relationship, you know, it was like an addiction at that point. I would just, I would pull out a book and I would read about the material. I would use essential oil. I would focus on my sleep, meditation, eating, basic recovery, because you're going to be very like emotionally distraught after you leave this abusive relationship. But that's okay because that's just the beginning, the beginning stages of healing. Another thing that helped me because obviously abusive relationships are so addicting and a lot of people don't really recognize that because when you've never been in a, like an abusive relationship, you don't really know the ins and outs of like how it feels to have a person, you know, convince you that you're like soulmates and that you like have these emotional highs. People don't really know until they've been through it. And so it's extremely addicting. Of course it is, because you're also trauma bonded to this person. So a good thing I would do is whenever I would have this temptation to reach out to this person, I would tell myself, okay, so in three months, if I still want to talk to this person after I fully recovered from this abuse, I will reach out to this person. Now, obviously that's like a lie. Like I, I wasn't going to let myself reach out to this person, but it was kind of good because I think the whole concept is that it takes about three months to get over an addiction. So once you've like fully recovered from this addiction to this person and you feel, you know, you feel way better and you feel like you've just completely recovered, you're okay on your own, everything. Then you can tell yourself, okay, I'll reach out to that person. Because in all likelihood, after three months of recovery and finding yourself and healing, you're not going to want to reach out to this person. And even if you have some thoughts about them, you're going to know that you want to take care of yourself and you want to love yourself and you're not going to reach out to that person. Now, obviously I can't say that's a good strategy for everybody. I just kind of knew I was lying to myself, but I was like, okay, fine. You know, like if I want to reach out to this person, I will. I mean, I didn't, I've been like a year strong now. So it, it did help me for the beginning stages, but, um, I can't always recommend that. Cause that could, that could be a little like, you know, but definitely like when you, when you go no contact, just focus on educating yourself on abusive relationships, focus on basic physical self-care, just focus on relaxing your nervous system because you definitely have some kind of PTSD after what happened. And just those are the best things I could recommend to focus on. Now, obviously, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a professional of any kind, really. I just personally have been through this and I, I've done a lot of research and I've done a lot of reading and I've watched a lot of videos. I've basically done a lot for my own recovery and I haven't reached out to my abuser in a long time. So this is obviously just my advice and I'm just interested in the subject. You know, I can't give perfect advice to everybody because I don't know anybody's personal situation, but you know, I'm just trying to help out the best I can. But again, I'm not a professional. Definitely seek professional advice, you know, get a therapist, get somebody to like professional to mentally support you throughout these times because I'm obviously not a professional. This is just my personal opinion, but, um, yeah, that was just my advice for basically going no contact, how to maintain no contact, 
and like leaving an abusive relationship. So I wanted to thank you guys for listening and um, please like subscribe on any um, listening platform that you're basically listening on. I'd really appreciate it.